Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. My name's Ed Mann and today I'm joined by the same crew that was here a couple of weeks ago actually, Mr. Lewis Keynes. Hello there. And Mr. Michael Budd. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, very good sir, very good. Uh, Lou, your audio. It's it's upgraded, upgrade your audio, what's going on there? I I have upgraded my audio to a blue... I nearly called it a Smirnoff Ice then, but it's not, it's... A Blue Yeti, yeah, well the naming of these things, Snow... It's a blue snowball ice, not a blue Smirnoff ice. <laughs> how are you enjoying it? It's it, well, it's uh, it's more more importantly, how are you enjoying it? I'm talking the same as I would normally. I can't really hear myself. It's great here. This ends. It's going fine, Mickey. Yeah, sounds beautiful. Is that what you're asking <laughs> me? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is exactly what I was. Asking. <laughs> oh, so, right. I mean, we're all on the uh, blue, uh, blue, blue. What is it? They, they are called the name of the of the actual we, thing is blue, blue yeti. yeti. Yeah, yeah. Because got the blue yeti, the blue snowball. It's a snowball, yeah. Should we, uh, should we give a disclaimer at this point as to where we are at this point in the proceedings with how we've got on so far today? Yeah, it, has, it hasn't been the greatest. We've, this uh, isn't we've take been, one, is it? No, this is a couple of takes in. But for the audience, this is the great thing about editing is they'll never know until well, we've they, just told them. So we've yeah. actually yeah, ruined that illusion. But did you ever remember that show, The Magician Show, where they would like reveal the secrets? I used to love that show. Completely off random there, but it was a great show. It's like revealing yeah. the secrets of magicians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember that. Yeah. ITV or something? That was it, yeah. And you were just like, it was an ITV on a Sunday evening, just go there and you're like, whoa, okay, that's how they do it. I do, I do like, enjoy that, like revealing the secrets. Maybe that's just in the DNA of like a developer is to like to know what to do. Doesn't that like, ruin it though? I think. I think, yeah, okay, maybe it does a bit, but I think I enjoy more the knowing than yeah. the fact that it's, yeah, that's a bit, bit, bit deep for this show. I like that, Very you know? Deep. Anyway, yeah. Mickey, how's your week been, man? What have you been up to? Um, so, I. Oh, you know what? I just haven't stopped uh, programming, basically. So, like, every in, night... In, in a good way or a bad way? Um, that, there's a kind of... A bit of, bit of both, voice. really. So, like, one is, like, the freelance project that I've been doing, which oh, I keep thinking is, like, put to bed. And it's like, oh, can we just do two more changes? And it's like, oh... Is this the Laravel project that you're working on? Well, that is a Laravel project, yeah. Um, so, that one's... In theory, it's all done. So, that that's good. What I is it you're actually making for that one? Um, so it is, um, they're called Campus Let and they, um, basically they do like student accommodation. Um, so yeah, they just, yeah, one of those sites, basically you, students go on and they find properties and then request viewings, all that kind of stuff. And so, was it a, a greenfield project or had you built, a, had a code base pre brownfield kind of pre historic code, code base? No, all from scratch really. Hey, because, that's nice. Um, that's always yeah, nice. Yeah, that's it. Like I so said, I've been a bit, uh late to the uh the dance really um i don't know if that's an expression uh but late to dance i'll take that it's better than anyone it. i've actually made up good all right late to the dance with uh laravel i like to say i use like older version maybe laravel 3 maybe so obviously now laravel 5 so that's that's been really good learning curve to be honest with you um really like that but yeah i, I don't enjoy freelance at all and every time i do a freelance project I say i'm never doing it ever again and um yeah it's I, you and the it's a similar thing with people writing books isn't it you have that you know I'm never yeah. going to write a book again, and you get that itch again. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll pick up one project. It can't be bad. I, I well, learned from my mistakes. Surely yeah. I'm not going to go down the same route as before. And then you're like, no, bugger. Yeah, and the thing is, I did learn, I guess, from some of my previous um, endeavours. And like, I made it very clear this time like, what I would and wouldn't do. Oh, so you laid out a spec, that. like, this is what you're getting. That's yeah. it. You're not, could you just... Or but even like some that. of those things are quite vague. It's like, you need to, like, once you've decided what you are and what I'm going to do, you need to then split that again. And keep going until you can't split it further. Divide and conquer. Yeah, so you've literally got like a tree of you know uh, stuff that you aren't, aren't going to do. But um, yeah, so that's yeah. I'm glad to sort of got that done. To be honest with you, and then but yeah, what we've um, been working on in uh, at work then? What's what's fun stuff you've been getting on there? Um, do you know what? It's been so varied. I can't say I've done any one thing. It's been very much jumping from project to project at the minute. We've still got like lots of e-commerce sites that are just sort of at that final stage of going live. These are all the fashion sites, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah. that's it. So we've had like quite a lot of them. Um, So I've been working on that. And then the big thing that I have really enjoyed working on is just sort of my private project. And I apologize in advance. uh, I don't usually plug things on here. 
plug, plug alert. alert. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, me and some guys who I work with at the minute, we kind of we've been brainstorming for quite some time, and we get like a lot of ideas, and we're like we go with it for a week, and then we get bored of it, and we're like no, and then we we sort of had this idea, and we've really ran with it, and um, it's been really good because I'm working with two people who are really really enthusiastic, and literally like every evening seven o'clock, like what's up comes up and it's like, oh, guys, I'm working on the site. What, you working on it? It's like, yeah, yeah. So we've all been working on it every night, which is sounds like hard work. But, you know, when everyone's got that enthusiasm, it it's really... It's infectious, really, isn't it? It really uh, does, like, give you that extra boost. Yeah, and the product we've created, I think, is really, really good. So, that, so yeah, what is the product? Okay, so it's nothing, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's not it's like, oh, wow, that's never been done. But basically, it's like a shopping comparison site, um, and it has i guess our sort of like niche feature which again it has been done before but uh we basically allow the user to say well look i want this product but i want it for this price and then we'll do all the trawling in the background and i'm just running a cron twice a day which is the cron well there's two crons one's like um basically researching all the search results to make sure that the search results are fresh and relevant and the other one is then basically going through and saying well you know have we got any of these products for this price and then we fire off emails to users so that's basically it in a nutshell, but we've got so many ideas sort of stemming off from that, which we want to do, which will you know, really involve kind of more like uh, analytical data reporting, all that kind of stuff. And we want to... I'm not know. surprised that you're going into the AI stuff. You seem to be loving yeah. it at the moment. So yeah, yeah really, really, really cool. Really do. So, so is it kind of a set it, forget it type thing? So you go to the website, you say, oh, I'd like that. Oh, but I'm yeah. only willing to spend 50 quid on it. You could wait maybe a couple of days, a week comes along or, you know, whatever. And they'll say, oh, by the way, guy, you know, you get an email in your inbox saying, oh, you can get this now for £49 or something. And then, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly. Cool. So we kind of, we are, you know, we are catering to impulsive purchases. Like you can go on the site and search straight away and go straight to a product. Or, you know, if you're looking somewhere, well, I don't need it right away. I want to get the best price. You'll be able to... Like um, Christmas gifts and things like that is quite useful yeah. as well, isn't it? Like wish list kind of thing. Exactly. And the other thing we're providing is... Um, a graph of the price so you can see how the price has changed over time so hopefully you'll be able to say well look this price is still coming down i might as well keep waiting until that that plateaus i like and the gamification of purchasing get uh, like presents yeah and stuff well, that's like it. we're that. just trying to give the actual consumer all the power so and um, and our ultimate sort of aim with it is that we'll be able to go to retailers and say well look you, you know if you lower your price a little bit then you're going to get all these extra because more um, people customers. yeah that's brilliant. I so, mean, uh, me and Lou are obviously the Dragon Den panel. Um, yes, we would like to out. invest in you. No, well, oh, oh yeah, oh, you're out. Yeah. Have, have you got any money? No, hang on. What, what is the? What do they say? If they want to? What is the nature of your business? <laughs> sound like a Bond good. villain. You sound oh, like a Bond villain. That's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Do you uh, know your profits? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't know anything. But um, yeah, so, no, so what's the, just to let you know, I am. Yeah, so we've got we've got most things working, and then um, obviously because we're going to be dealing with a lot of bulk emails, um, we've been looking into solutions for that, and that's where I mean you guys probably seen my tweets last night, but using Mailgun has just been superb and so have easy. Have you had a look use. at other ones? Because I know like SendGrid and um, so I started off. I ended up using Mandrill. I think I tried Mailgun, yeah. but I, I had issues with it. I can't remember what they were, but Mandrill's been fine for me. Yeah, so that it was literally like I just looked at the the mail config file and I was like, well, oh, I can use um, that one or I can use Mailgun. And I was like, I just went to Mailgun first. And I have very little experience with these things. So, like, the first thing I looked at was like Mailchimp. And I was like, well, this just seems like a subscriptions thing rather than a, I that's think, like a, a yeah, that's more of a campaign thingy. Yeah. Essentially, you just want to get rid of having to deal with sending the emails, don't you? You don't want to be sending them yourself, getting blacklisted, handling all that gubbins. You yeah. just want. Open, you know, like all of the information about like if they've opened it, bounce rates, etc., like that. Sure, yeah, exactly, exactly that. And I mean, I don't know how much workload that's going to reduce from the server. I don't know how much work it is for server sending email. It, but... You know what? I don't think it's not the. I don't know whether it's actually the uh, process load. I just think it's yeah. the ball ache of having to deal yeah. with getting blacklisted and spam and all that horrible yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly why I had to go to Mandrill because of all it, that. Yeah. We just get yeah. bounce backs all over the place. Yeah. Because email, because that, because uh, all these, you know, because you have to be a verified, trusted email provider. And, yeah. you know, if you, you know, like Hotmail and Outlook and all these different, you know, ISP, well, sorry, different email clients and email providers, they all prefer you to use these because obviously they've been verified. Whereas you coming along just with your, you know, DigitalOcean IP address, 
Yeah, you, know, you haven't yeah. got anything legitly. It's like, oh, can I trust this guy and things like yeah. that? So you are better off. I mean, for the price that they give it to you at and sending well, it is probably easier. Mailgun is um, ten thousand emails a month, completely free. Oh, well, that's uh, brilliant then. That's great for you starting up and you know being able yeah. to see like if it you know if it comes to something, that's great. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm only sending one email per user. I'm making sure that I uh, you know sort of bunch up all those requests. And, so, so how, how what are you doing on a daily basis? I suppose because it's the cron job, isn't it? So, does it <laughs> does the cron job come along and then analyze it, then create emails that then get sent out immediately, or does is that split up into extra steps? So at the minute, because I say I'm using um, Laravel's uh, scheduled task sort of manager thing. Which is fantastic because basically all he does is, you know, you set on the command line, you set that you want a cron to run every second, not every second, every minute, I think it is. And then obviously, then Laravel takes over and says, well, how often do we want to do this? And so I literally just set it to twice daily. I think the method name is like twice a day or something, isn't it? It's very sort of. They, they have a great DSL for it. I, I have seen mm. it, yeah. It's a really nice way, fluid way of kind of being able to express these yeah, tasks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm just using that, and then, but to be honest with you, I did look and saw that Laravel's got like a, a mail queuing system, which I haven't been using. I'm just literally at the minute just looping through and, and doing it one by one. So I don't know if I benefit from using the queuing thing. Well, uh, in, that's actually quite interesting, actually, because queues and stuff are really quite quite cool. Um, mm. Because I know that uh, I know that Laravel. I, yeah, I don't know whether they have an inbuilt one, but I know they use external queue systems. Like I know you get like RabbitMQ and things like that. Yeah. Um, that you to... is it pusher or something like that but... oh but pusher so pusher is the real time uh kind of chat client like uh, mm. sending us or like using web sockets and things like that whereas like these queue systems essentially all they are they're still on your box or you can i think even send them across but i'm not quite sure i think they're not typically they're on your box and all they're doing is it's, it's just adding it to a queue and then you know it processes it one at a time whereas you know so what you typically have is maybe you have all these jobs that you want to do so you have a queue that's handling processing all the people and then you'd yeah. have a queue uh, that 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 would then generate queue, you know uh, entries into another queue which is for sending emails and they'd all work at different times and you know you have retry rates etc like that so you're able then you know if, if the email bounced like five times all right then let's just wait five minutes etc and things like that so now queue systems are really cool and like a good thing to kind of look into especially when you want to mm. expand out because then that allows you then obviously to distribute those queues and add split split them out into different services, different processes, etc. Um, I know that at work we currently just use, actually use Postgres because Postgres is quite good at locking. I mean, I had to deal with that in, as a queue like system, but you can yeah. you get these you know tailored specific systems like RabbitMQ, etc. That allows you just to be able to do that. Okay, that sounds quite interesting. I'll probably have a look at that. I mean, I guess the good thing is, say something breaks like halfway through, it'd be good to have something that's like. Well, that's it because it does it, it deals with it it, it handles because yeah. it handles those cases where you know as you say like so you're sending it to a user or you're doing a process you know processing something and it fails halfway through and what it can do then is obviously yeah alert you and also it can then add it back to the queue retry it etc like that and it's very yeah it's a very nice way of dealing with things and kind of dealing with that way as opposed to handling it you know right there and then is a nice way as well because you know you can think of these as two separate concerns processing a user and then sending them an email is two different things yeah and yeah, you yeah. know and it'd be nice to have that separation whereas you know what you normally would do is bundle them together and say well i'm processing this user and i'm also sending their email at the same time and that can delay yeah. you know whereas maybe you want to bulk and say oh, actually i'm happy to process all of these users throughout the day yeah. you know um at you know set intervals but I only want to send emails twice a day, and then you can split these up, which is a great way of think, like kind of working. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll have a look at that. That sounds really interesting. But um, yeah, I've, I've definitely, I'm glad that I've used Laravel for the project. It's been um, really, really helpful, and it's allowed me to. I don't want to use the word rapid development, but you know, to that effect, it has really made things quicker and easier for me. Um, so, um, what yeah. is the company called? Because I, I don't know if you've actually mentioned that so far. Okay, so it is called Smoddle, which. Uh, <laughs> what is the? Re- I need the, the the history of this name. What, yeah, the sure. Behind it. So, like, uh, originally, um, the company was sort of started by me and a guy called Jason Smith. So we kind of took the Smurf from Smith and the Ud from Bud, and we were going to go for Smud, <laughs> but Smud was taken. So we're now Smoddle, basically. But finding a good domain. It's hard. It must be because people just they yeah they sit well, on all park on all these domains, don't they? Anything so that's good, parts, anything that's a yeah. dictionary word, someone's yeah. got and used it, and yeah. So it's got nothing to do with the word cuddle. No, cuddle. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I, I thought. If you want to take that away from it, you can. But um, 
yeah, there is a holding page up there. Um, yeah, if anyone is listening, yeah, please do go along there because you can like subscribe and you'll get information on when the site goes live and stuff. Um, we really, really, really hoped we could have kind of got it live for Black Friday, but I think whilst we could, the danger is that we'll put something up that's rushed and then people never come back if it's buggy and horrible. So you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna rush at the compromise of quality. So we'll see how we get on with that. But obviously, it's not a lot of time left. Um, but yeah, and the other thing I would just say is I've been using Homestead for most of the development, which again I found really really nice experience and just makes it so easy and so nice to develop on um, with the exception of upgrading to Al Capitan on my Mac which hasn't but, ha- hasn't been the easiest for you I've heard uh, well I mean the solution was dead easy but it's just really annoying when you like once you've got your development like environment all working and then you suddenly it's not working it's really I find that really stressful like, it is. Uh, I think that's the problem, and that's when you have these local development environments that aren't replicable. You know, like using things like Puppet and Anstable and like Vagrant instances. Even uh, yeah. you know, it can be a ball lake, can't it? Where you you know you do something and you upgrade, and you're like, oh, so everything's changed. It's like, oh, no, this is why you need this. You know, concrete yeah. implement static kind of. You know, I, it very much it changes when I want it to change environment for development, as opposed yeah. to just kind of an underlying. It would just rip from under your, you know, from under your feet. I think that's true, and um, this isn't a criticism at all, because uh, I really like the here way... Here we go, here we go, what is he going to say? <laughs> no, 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 I like the way the PHP's going, but obviously we've said before that the great thing about PHP is that the barrier to entry is so low, and I don't think it is anymore. I think you could argue that both ways for things like, you know, like the, the inbuilt server on PHP now and that kind of stuff, but with all these tools, I guess... It becomes a little bit more yeah, daunting. T- to tooling's an interesting one, isn't it? Actually, because I-, I found this in like so a new area that I'm kind of delving into at the moment, and you know we, we should hopefully have a guest on in a couple of weeks about it. It's like hypermedia APIs and mm. API building. And the more you delve into a topic, the more you realise, oh, there's a load of tooling now as well, you know, and, yeah. and it, it can get quite overwhelming. So at the yeah. moment, what we've been doing, you know, so you, you know, typically with APIs, you you, you know your first bog standard APIs, you know, you build an API and it's a just a couple of endpoints or it's an endpoint, whatever, you know, and you may do a soap one with, with WSDLs, et cetera. And I've just, just taught, you know, easily wizard based implementation, but you eventually get into like trying to design APIs and be very, because we're at the moment with the Kong stuff that we're working on, it's been quite API focused and building APIs actually is a lot more, a lot, a lot harder and a lot more intense and like kind of a lot more thought goes into them, especially when you look into hypermedia APIs. Um, yeah. And, you know, the tooling around that then, because at the moment, you know, typically, you know, when we were doing it, when you do APIs, I remember back in the day, you just go to a browser and refresh, yeah. hit the endpoint and just start refreshing, you know, <laughs> and things like that. And, you know, then you go and use Postman and things like that, because then you want to be able to, you know, be able to interact with them at diff- we're using different ver- HTTP verbs, etc. cetera. Uh, and now we're using things like... Um, well, we're currently using something called RAML, which is the RESTful uh, markup language, which allows you to describe APIs before you actually implement them. You describe them, uh, right. and it allows you to provide documentation that way. And that's a whole other thing. And these these tools, you know, there's the other ones. There's Swagger. There's API Blueprint. Um, and it's just interesting when you mention tools. You know, where tools do complicate the matters, but they're trying to. It's a funny. It's a funny. They're, they're, they're complicating it while trying to make things easier. If that yeah. makes sense, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Where once mm. you've hit that that pain. The tool helps you, but yeah. before you hit that pain, yes. the tool yeah. is actually hindering you because you're like, "Oh my days, do I really have yeah. to have this as well?" Like Home said, "Do I really have to load this in?" Until you've been bit by, "Wow, okay, I need a stable environment everywhere I am." You yeah. don't feel it, and and it, as you say, it, it can make the barrier to entry higher. So it's a really interesting agree. point you make there. It is. It's, it's a funny. It's a trade off, isn't it? It really is For a trade off, sure. and and I think I get caught a lot specifically with new technologies and new things because I'm so used to the tooling that I'm around. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, okay. Then what are the cool tools I can use, or the the tools that are going to help me. Whereas I really should be focusing. Okay, how do I do it as simply as possible first, knowing that I may screw up a bit, just so I can. Because you need that learning. You need to keep. You know, you need to feel. Okay, there's the pain. That's why that's solving that, etc. It's yeah. a really interesting one. That's web generally, isn't it? Anytime you you want to learn something, you you got you're faced with a million and one options. Absolutely, yeah. and then you're yeah. thinking, well, which one's going to teach me the best way? It's, oh, it's, 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 yeah, the, the best way is is one of those like perfection, isn't it? Trying to find it, and you just don't know. It changes 
on a I've day had days like that when I've just just wanted to leave my desk and go, oh, do you know what? <laughs> it's just <laughs> this isn't it's for me. Too overwhelming. <laughs> and the way I deal with it, I just literally I, I take it on a job by job basis, and whatever the problem is at hand. If if so and so tool seems to be the best way to solve that problem, then that's what I go with, rather than oh right, what do I want to learn about? Or that that's it. Try and yeah, and trying to like force a technology or force a tool on a project on a problem as opposed to you know, yeah, you understand it better as well. Then once you've got it in a proper perspective of um, or context of something that you're trying to do, then yeah. I think it helps you understand it better because you you realise how it solves the problem that you're that's trying it. to fix. But but then the thing is, people coming in. They they don't see that, and then they're they're told oh, you've got to use all this, and you have to have this built up in magic, and then, and then to be honest, a tool is actually a bit of magic as well. In some cases, it's just that extra, you know, it's a, that it's helping us because it's then hiding from us something, something or an abstraction over something, and you know, people coming in, like yeah, I do, I completely agree with you, Bob, where you say like the barrier to entry becomes harder because of it. Yeah, um, but you know, that's the trouble with the industry we're in and i think maybe in anything you know maybe like you know, i mean like hammers and uh, tools like that you know it's like oh i can just use a hammer but then i've got the tooling of using i don't know I, yeah, my building exactly. analogies are awful I think, but yeah I think, you're right that was good the thing you can't get away from is that you have to have knowledge of the fundamentals that underpin yes. all of those if you haven't got those in the first place then it, you know you can you can i suppose you can learn to use the tool but you probably won't understand it and it's trade-offs, yeah. and absolutely, it's trade-offs as well. Where you know you're saying, "Look, okay, this is why you know," and, and providing a reason behind it. You know, okay, I'm not using, you know, um, I, well, I'm not using this, you know, framework called Homestead at the moment because I'm just setting up a simple, you know, script that's just going to be run on, you know, a, a simple web page for someone. I don't need it. It doesn't have value in it having all this infrastructure around it. It's yeah. like the, you know, I showed you some of the stuff I've been doing with Google Maps recently. Yeah, Do you remember, I've showed you some. I mean, that I remember once upon a time, I, I used to say, "Oh God, I find the the Google Maps API an absolute nightmare to work with." Yeah. But I realised now, looking back, it was nothing to do with that at all. It was, you know, my JavaScript skills weren't good enough to to use it. Whereas now, over time, I've evolved in that area, and now now I'm able to do pretty much whatever I want with it, which is great. So. Really just, satisfying, isn't it? When you go back oh, to something amazing. like a year later, and you're like, "Wow!" Okay. But you're just coming at it from a completely different angle as well. Yeah. But as as I said, uh, you know, you've 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 got the ba- the basic skills that you need, or the general kind of knowledge to even know where to start. Yeah. Sometimes that's, that's the thing. You're going into something completely new, and you just don't know where to start. Well, so, I mean, like, and actually, sorry, we're talking about new, Lou. Um, I know that you're you're hopefully trying to look into React and things like that at the moment. How how was like, yeah, as you say, like your JavaScript kind of stuff going at the moment? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I haven't quite got to the point of implementing it into a project yet, but I think it is fantastic, and it's been a lot of fun to learn it. And the the things that, have, that again, coming back to this conversation, the things that I've been had to start learning alongside it, like browserify and things like that, and using npm more and modules and things I like think that. The barrier know. to entry on web stuff like javascript as stack is stupidly crazy high um you know as you say like you know when you say like oh everything was jquery back in the day yeah uh and now obviously it's not you know it's gone back to vanilla javascript but then you use es6 and you need to be able to use es6 you need to have es5 transformations because you can't you know have a you no know, not every browser supports es6 you have to use Babel for that and then but with Babel, it's like well you could run it just through it and you know generating all your files that way every time that you want to now run them or you know just for a, for a distribution but then actually it's nice to use something like a grunt or a task manager like that or maybe even go into more of a browserify type thing and a webpack <laughs> thing where you've got that module dependency uh it, yeah it gets crazy the more you look into it and then you have obviously the test runners and running for you know mocker and all, and all these different testing frameworks that have come out and then react obviously has become i mean like speaking to dan uh, you know yes last not not yesterday last uh episode mm. uh you know about uh re- redux and things like that and the flux implementations and how they have just exploded and there's so many different ones and and the stories behind them i mean it, there is meaning to everything you know like there was meaning to jquery because you know the meaning for jquery was solving the issue of the fact that the browsers had become so crazy you know you want to try and normalize this 
that makes sense. And and then it was like, well, everyone's now using jQuery, but you don't really need to use jQuery a ton. Why are people using, you know, the, there was a backstory for that. And then there's a story now for going back to just straight up, you know, ES, you know, straight up ECMAScript, you know, JavaScript standards, uh, because now obviously the browsers have kind of caught up and, you know, it's nicer to just be able to use the standards as opposed to lobbing the whole library at something that you just need to be able to grab a DOM, a DOM element at and maybe hide it or show it. So, yeah, it's funny you actually mentioning JavaScript stuff. It is harder, I find, even than the, in the PHP world. It's the fact that it's changing so much. I mean, the the React series, the first one that I looked at, I started going through it, and it's it was using a JSX Pragma. Oh, yes. Using that. And I, JS. Yeah, exactly, using that and thinking, hang on, this isn't working. And then I, I looked online, and obviously you don't need to use any of that stuff now. You can just use Babel to compile it all through there. But then I had to obviously learn about all that stuff as well on top of the, the, you know, just trying to learn the basics. So even get off the ground and start, you know, just getting my first basic component working. I then had to, because the, even though the tutorial series is only about eight or nine months old, it's already out of date. So you're, I'm having to go back over stuff. I mean, that's exactly it. It seems that you're stamping, you know, once something's posted or a blog post posted, a tutorial series is done, a video series is done a week later it's out of date and it can get quite annoying because you know i mean i'm I'm really bad where i don't look at doc i mean now now like you know video series or series and things unless it's concepts or you know kind of things or you know paradigms uh you know architectural style or things like that i don't implementation detail wise i don't actually look at things that i'll you know, I, I go on YouTube and I'll search by the type the day it was um, uploaded. You know, being able to say, okay, well, I want the latest of them. You know, yeah. a couple of days, I t- you know, twenty twelve. Probably don't really want to listen to that anymore, unless it's something that's you know like a an important video series, a vi- important video you know lecture or something about things. But yeah, it is bad. You know, these things they they go so quick. Yeah, exactly. It's frust- it's frustrating at times. But anyway, Luke, but, how are things going with you, man? Like, uh, you've got a, couple, a bit of good news this weekend, um, you know, certain house purchase, maybe? <laughs> a certain, just the one house purchase. Just the one, you know, no, I'm saying house purchases, you know. Like. Just one, yeah, uh, we've obviously moved to, to the West Country now. We're living in, in Wooden Bassett, and yeah, we've, we're only on a six-month tenancy. We've, we've been out and we've bought a house in Froome. Froome. See, when you text me that, I thought you sp- it was a spell mis- spelling mistake, but there is a place called Froome. And where, so where is Froome? It's the fastest place in the world. The fastest Froome. place in the world. <laughs> Sorry, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> where is it? It's um, it's probably about 45 minutes southeast of Bristol and about 20 minutes south of Bath, I would say. It's just down that way. It's in a really nice market town in the, in a nice in a very nice spot and a lovely house in the corner of a quiet cul-de-sac and overlooking all the hills and stuff so yeah it's all good we've got it we've got the whole move process to look forward to again very very soon which which is hard work but it's going to be I worth say it look forward to i'm not sure they're looking forward to i'm sure going getting into your new place is going to be a great thing but the oh amazing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah can't wait can't wait but yeah no life is good i'm i'm enjoying working from home working remotely it's it's brilliant i seem to um Seem to be more pro- well, not more productive. I think I try and be as productive as I can anyway. But I don't know. I, I seem more to enjoy it more. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because it's my own surroundings. But who knows? No, I mean, I mean working, working remote has definitely you know been great for you, hasn't it? You've really enjo- you're really enjoying that. And so, what what type of things have you been working on at work recently or in your own time? We've we've actually in the last uh, two weeks we've put manuscript three sites. It's been great. Oh, hey. So. We've had kind of the old backlog with clients and stuff like that. We've managed to um, get everything we need out of those to push three things live. So it's good. It's always good to get things out the door. And um, the biggest thing that I've been working on in my own time is lkaneswebdeveloper.co.uk. You're working on... Uh, hey! Really? <laughs> I've, said this, I've said this so many times, though. But, yeah, if you go to it at the moment, it's been, it says something like, oh, Elk at Lewis Keynes' website is coming soon and <laughs> a year you, ago <laughs> yeah if you had to define soon it's probably about two years so um now every every day now i'm trying to put two or three hours into it just to just to get it to a point where i can put it live so i think so what is the direction of this is it going to be a blog is it just going to be like a splash homepage type thing it's going to be a bit of everything it's going to be a bit of a portfolio site some of the bits that i've done it's good it's going to have a blog it's going to have some tutorials I'm gonna um I'm gonna start writing those sorts of bits and bobs. A link to our to our cast, of course. And um and some poc- and some contact details and general things. I mean I'm not I'm not looking for freelance stuff at the moment, but 
it's always good to network with people and things like that but well, absolutely just... i mean i found with blogging and stuff it's just great so you remember it yourself uh, i find that you know like being able to blog i then look go back and go oh yeah now i remember it again you know because they say well, things change so quickly it's nice to be able to have like a place that you just dump your thoughts exactly well another thing that i really i really want i really want to look into the idea of starting to record some screencasts as well that's kind of that'd a, be very cool yeah. is that why is that another reason why to get the uh the snow snowball it's the snowball i keep why do i think it's the snow it's the blue smirnoff ice Sm- it's the blue <laughs> smirnoff ice i think that's a great name for it yeah the blue smirnoff ice it's i don't know it's a combination of things really you know, it's it kind of to me feels like it's giving back a little bit because that's how i learn everything that i've we know where i've got to has been doing that's been through watching the sort of things that i want to record you know i I, I want to do it in a very non-jargony way and I want to try and communicate things to people in a in a different way maybe. It's it's something that I need to give a lot of thought to, but it's certainly something that I want to do. And I kind of I kind of want to focus in on the areas that I haven't been able to find anywhere on the internet either. There's obviously for every problem you find in a lot of cases there's 200 videos on it. But I really want to zero in on the less obvious things that you know that can crop up that you know that you, that you felt, you that you, they hit, you know, that you kind of, you know, bumped into, which I think... Well, exactly, yeah. Right. If, yeah. It, if it's been one of those kind of on-project things where I've had to had to do a lot of work to it, you know, on a new area or something, and I struggled to find the resources for it online, then yeah, exactly, you know, it's, again, it's that kind of giving back thing. I'm, I mean, I wouldn't even contemplate charging for or anything like that. It's just it's good to put stuff out, you know. I, I, I use a lot of open source stuff, so, you know, anything you can do to give back, if you can, is a good idea, really. Absolutely, that's a great idea, man. So, have you got like any ideas, for, like first kind of screencasts you're thinking of? Or are they still up in the air and what you want to do? Still up in the air. I haven't got any any screen recording software yet. Actually, that's probably my next thing. Any any recommendations? Um, what I'm trying to think, what I actually use at the moment, I use Screen Screenflow. Screenflow is the one I use. That's like a Mac product, which is really good. Screenflow. Definitely recommend that. Screenflow. Yeah, that's a really good yeah, one. Definitely know. recommend that. You can literally use QuickTime right out of you the can, box. You uh, can that. You know what? Scrap that. Actually, don't worry about that yet. For the first couple, yeah, just use QuickTime. Yeah, you can actually. It says new screen recording, and it records yeah. the screen. I've it's seen that come up good. on Google searches that I've done, but I figured there's no. <laughs> well, I just took for granted that there's no way that that will do all of it. But you're saying it does. It's yeah. really good. If you just really want good. to be able to record the screen, because I know ScreenFlow goes into some more advanced things, like being able to, like, you know, I know that you probably see on the Jeffrey Way ones where he has, like, showing what keyboard combinations he's using, etc. But, yeah. you know, to start off with, you know, I mean, the ones me and Joe Watkins did were very much just, I mean, they were actually just through his virtual uh, box, you know, script saving, screen saving that way. Uh, sorry, yeah. uh, screen saving, screen sharing, you know, <laughs> and saving the. Does you know, QuickTime let you do the audio as well? Because I yeah. want to do audio and Join, video. Joins it all in, I think, yeah. Wow, I mean okay. the, the pro way is just to get your iPhone and uh, just record it. <laughs> wasn't just, wasn't our first uh, couple of episodes actually just for for this pro, uh, podcast just recorded through your audio? Yeah, 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 and it actually didn't sound that bad. Like, I've listened to the shocking. first one back a couple of times, and it's literally you playing the beginning of that track and then pausing uh, or, or slowly going down on the mic or, or on the uh, volume on it and yeah it's just us playing through skype going through his then speakers to then go genius we've come a long way right we, that is a that well, is isn't that's that, a, that song we still a long way if today's podcast hadn't started as badly as it did then i would have agreed with you but we, <laughs> yeah. we regressed all the way back to episode two earlier on <laughs> Yeah. which oh, there is right. a version that only we are in possession of we we've done really well no actually, i think uh, episode two is out there it's just heavily modified or he- yeah, heavily yeah, heavily yeah. edited because of yeah it really did go off course we got too cocky after the first one you know we really oh, yeah. we kind of felt oh yeah we could do this now and then no you've got to stay on the track you know it's like so, a sports yeah. team you know you can't can't rest on your laurels you can't you know take it's any game right. for granted any exactly. podcast for granted can i um just say uh, absolutely get in trouble with um the marketing manager at Smuddle, um, that we are on Facebook and Twitter. Like the Twitter handle, we will put it all in the show notes. Yeah, we will put all in the show. Absolutely, sir. No, this is you know that. It'd be great to get them on if they were up for coming on. You know, talking about the product, talking about how you built it. You know, kind of what the origins of it are, whose thought it was. You know, etc. How annoying it is working with Michael Bud is a, another. You know, key. I tell you, it's a pleasure. Every it's day. The they, they will. They will be forced to. Take, you know, <laughs> <a> liar. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll uh, speak to them. 
That's uh, a, and with like because actually with the product then, so you're having to interface with a lot of APIs, aren't yes. you? I think that's yeah. So how have you been? What what uh, typical APIs you've been dealing with? Is it just <laughs> XML kind of JSON so, based or one of the things that's uh, I kind of I got two in and now I want to concentrate on other things. So I'm only dealing with like um, eBay's API and Amazon's at the minute. Yep, which is really good. Um, it's I, I wouldn't say beginner developer could do it. But you need to know a little bit. And you, know, you know a little bit about working with APIs, but it's not too bad. But uh, the biggest issue we, we've got is speed, basically. Just trawling results, uh, going up to the retailers. And we quickly realized that it, it, we just can't do that, really. So the way we've kind of got around that is is the idea that once we've had a search term in our database, that's why we're kind of refreshing those results every day. So that when you come to get the results, you're just getting them locally from our database rather than trawling again. So that's why we kind of got around that. But obviously, there's always going to be stuff that you search for that we've not already searched. On that case, yeah, it's going to, it is a bit slow. Uh, it's upsetting, but hopefully that's going to become less and less. And one of the things I'm actually I'm doing. I'm on an interesting project. Like, oh, sorry, you go. go. Oh, right. um, oh, sorry, yeah, you basically. cut in front of you there. I do apologize. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, one of the things I'm doing is because I've been using, um, I was using JSOUP for my uni project, uh, which is like a HTML parser thing. Uh, I might as well reuse that code that I've, I've got there, and I'm going to actually crawl uh, Argos, some of those sites like AO.com, and I'm going to try and get loads of product names and then add them to my database and just keep uh, adding and adding to that, do it that way. Um, so that's, yeah. actually, that's probably a better idea because I know that we were discussing yeah. like a combinatory kind of way of being yeah, able to, like, yeah. you know, terms kind of, you know, being able to expand on that. That's you know, it. having like different, but that maybe actually crawling like those type of things would be an interesting one. Might get us more relevant results, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Seeing yeah, as you're but... trying to crawl the whole internet at this time, are you still going? Are you still crawling for your project? No, I stopped at about um, seven million records um, because I just i I decided against it. I I mean, the main reason I wanted to do it was to try and get um, counts for backlinks, but actually now I'm thinking I could maybe. Because I've got, mo- I can get most other stuff. Maybe I can actually kind of predict what the backlink count is. That might All be right. a, a how, way to, how would you do that? I don't know. Maybe you could tell me. But <laughs> I don't. Audience, oh, work out, oh, please. Yeah. How do you predict backlink count? Well, I was going to think. Well, I'm going to try and compare sites that have got very similar content, but very different search positions, and then you know maybe I can calculate a backlink score that way. So I don't know. I'm at a very early stage of that, to be honest with you. So uh, I'll keep you posted on that. But yeah, sorry, I interrupted Lou. No, no, I interrupted you. I do apologise. Everyone's too kind in this podcast. We are. You know? it's yeah. like, we're like, oh, sorry. No, sorry, you know. No. Like, no. <laughs> 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 from, from an interesting... Yeah. From, from, from a working with APIs point of view, I've got uh, an interesting thing coming up on one of the projects that I'm working on at the moment. Okay. So um, it's been quite cool and apt, actually, because obviously doing a lot of moving around. I've been on estate agency websites, left, right, and center, and property, and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And we're currently building a site for um, for a big property consultant in, in London at the moment. And um, they use Vibra. Have you ever heard of Vibra? V-E-B-R-A? No. It's kind of a, a central um, solution that they use where if they, uh, they basically post properties to, to Vibra, and then V will distribute it to Rightmove and um, Zoopla and a couple of other ones. So you can so tap I've... into like multiple APIs, but just go into one place. Is that the idea? But yeah, exactly. Yeah, they and they provide some sort of. It's an XML feed. It's not JSON, unfortunately. But yeah, I haven't. We haven't um, had the full instructions through yet. But that's something that I'll be doing soon. That I'm looking forward to doing. So that'll be quite interesting to report back on. There's that's a really easy way of converting XML to JSON, which I found for PHP. Can't remember what it is, but um, I'll have a look and I'll try and send that to you if I can find it. Because I had a similar sort of thing where I wanted JSON, not XML. I'm just wondering what this feed's going to be like. <laughs> there, yeah, there is a there is a package on um, on Composer that that um, that's compatible with it apparently. But I might see what see what it's like first of all, and then go from there. But well, yeah. exactly. I mean, this is the thing where it's like working out. You know, I mean. The interesting things like like the APIs, et cetera, like that. And it'd be really cool when we do get this guest on to be able to talk about this because, you know, kind of like the different types of APIs where you have, you know, the ones that are just literally dumps of data, you know, and and there's no story in them at all. You know, it's like you do what you want with this. We don't know what you're going to do, you know. I mean, essentially, probably stuff like what you've been working on with Amazon and also then with like um, 
with the uh sorry with the estate agent you know with that housing kind of api would be that type of thing and you get other ones which are kind of a bit more structured maybe heavily documented uh things like stripe exactly like that you know they're gonna have heavy documentation and and the ones like hypermedia ones where it's more story based so no it's really interesting apis are a very cool topic and like kind of something i'm really heavily investing a bit of time in at the moment because i've really think they're quite interesting topic like restful things and but i hope yeah. I'm, I'm starting to read uh the what was it the roy fielding's uh restful api well restful uh his dissertation 2000 dissertation they did yeah. for his uh phd on rest so like from the beginning of it which is quite cool i'll that's, report that's on that be yeah. interesting the other issue you've got is if, obviously if you're uh, sort of trawling from multiple APIs is then you've got to normalize the data so you've got something that can be used because otherwise they're all sending you back different things and uh, it, in that state it's unusable but it sounds like what you're using Lou that's kind of all been taken care of it uh, for you I guess unless it does give you back different stuff I, I hope so can you can you hear me okay yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah I'm oh, sorry my computers I've gone got beach ball of death flying up all over the place at the moment but I don't <laughs> yeah. know what's going on have they taken yeah. off the beach ball of death now I thought has it gone like in late oh, has Al Capitan got no beach I'm not ball on that I'm still on OSX oh, on this oh, no, no. I'm not yeah I'm not I, I've, I'm still on the one before Matt is it Mountain Lion now no which one yeah which one's the before Al Capitan I haven't bothered to upgrade yet I really Yosemite should. Yosemite that's the one yeah yeah, yeah. I'm still Still on that on my laptop. I'm still on Yosemite. I haven't upgraded to El Capitan yet, and uh, I remember the I had similar issues to Mike with my local server and stuff when I upgraded to that. So I am a bit skeptical. I think it is going yeah. to a, a you know a place then where you need vagrant installations and you need you know that kind of setup where you can programmatically set I've, up the exact. I've used vagrant before. It was just too time consuming. Vagrant thing and thing. I completely agree with you, Ed. But um, I thought I got around that. And then the issue I had was like some of the composer uh, commands that I was using to set up my home set environment, they required encrypt installed on my local environment. Ah, uh, so right. I couldn't okay. even get around it that way. I don't know if that made any sense. Whatsoever. Well, yeah, so I think encrypt. So, yeah, because I, I, well, Homestead, I think- see, Homestead's a, a package on top. So, yeah, because yeah. it's interesting because Homestead's actually a, a bridge between like your installation and then Vagrant. Which yeah. is then also a bridge between. It's very interesting that yeah, there's probably like multiple levels there now, uh, but yeah, so yeah. that's an interesting case use case because normally you'd be able to just install Vagrant, which yeah. is you know backed by either VirtualBox or uh, VMware, and then yeah. be able to just run your Puppet installation, your Chef, whatever you use in there within yeah, yeah. it, or Bash commands even. Yeah, I think in my case, I've got I've got to know my remote server well enough to know that I'm all right using what I'm using. I don't. I don't have any of those issues at the moment. So, I guess if you're always deploying to one place and you know that, you know your environments are so similar, then you're right. I guess you don't need to. But for me, like the issue is that sometimes I want to dev on my iMac, sometimes I want to dev on my MacBook, and because the local environments are different, I sometimes have you know problems there. Whereas if I'm using Homestead, then don't have to worry about that it's that's it just... it goes away. i mean you've really enjoyed homestead haven't you so what, what is the yeah. secret source with homestead then is it like the configuration or just how easy it is to be able to boot up and get an environment set up yeah i think exactly that how easy it is to get set up and like i say just for me just see because it provides a the... lamp stack does it like it yeah. provides you with yeah yeah and just the i'm not sure this is the right word but like the transportability of it that i can just move it from one place to another and you know and i just have confidence so that i can then boot up that box and have my development environment there working. Obviously, with the exception of the thing I just talked about. But in theory, it works really well. Um, Encrypt has been your demon all the time, though. It's been years of Encrypt. I have hell, years. You know. Yeah, I do. I have years <laughs> of nightmares with Encrypt. I just, I, it really annoys me, actually. I've just used MAMP the whole way through, and thankfully that's never, never cropped up. Do you know what? I've got people at work who use MAMP a lot, and I always criticise them. And I say, no, you shouldn't. And then... But they never have any issues, so yeah, they so always like, okay, maybe yeah, yeah. Whereas I do, and it's like, well, yeah, I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me. <laughs> so are you, yeah. you're just using the out of the box homestead, or are you? Are you yeah. Bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and, and that matches up to your remote server nicely, does it? No, <laughs> it doesn't. To be fair, but um, no, it doesn't get me around that issue. I guess if I wanted to do that, then I would have to get all the things from my remote but and you, then create my own virtual box, I guess. But 
Um, you're probably in the same situation though, where you're used to use where you're used to using it, so you know the yeah. Fine. As long as your PHP versions are similar, then you shouldn't really have too much. Yeah, yeah. I did subtle say to... differences though. Subtle differences. That's very true. Problem. I did say to Ed, and if there's anyone who knows a tool out there like this, I couldn't find anything. But something uh, that would something you could run on the command line, you could SSH onto a box, and then it would just scan your system, set up your LAMP stack, and then would create. The virtual box. See, that would be very cool. Um, that would be very cool. It would be very. Uh, cool. I think. Yeah. I've given I, you like two weeks to make this. So I, don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think you'd have to do it the opposite way around, though. You'd have to flip it, where you create a vagrant instance or a you know a puppet manifest or a bash file that has that template in that you then run on both your development and your yeah. you know your production. And then that, that, then the source yeah. of truth would be just there. Whereas, yeah. you know, what would be nice is if you say you can just say, oh, just scrape down what's on that one at the moment and then I'll be able to put it here. So it's a bit, it would be harder, yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, it would, be, it would be, at least then you'd have that stable state where this is exactly what I've got. Um, yeah. And declaring things is so much better. Like, that's one thing with Puppet now I've realised. Like, you go into this state because Puppet's very different to things like Chef and just Bash scripts or Ansible. Um, you know, I was very much like, oh, if I want to learn one of these server, you know, like administration DevOps tools, I'm going to want to learn something like Ansible, which is very close to Bash and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then at work, and, and fortunately so, actually, at work, they use Puppet. And I was I had to learn this, and I've had to be, you know, kind of get into that way of you know you declare things instead it's not talking about how it does it it's just saying this must be in this state it will work out how to get into that state um you know and it's a really great way of doing it because then you're able to actually it's very idempotent in the fact that you know you do it once and that's it you know so you know it's not going to be running it you know say if you're trying to you know it creates file you know i need to create this file and it will just if the file's already there it's already created it it won't run that again it won't do that again unless it needs to do it again because it's not present so things like that where yeah, I've re- I've really enjoyed learning Puppet, and you know, mm. having that defined source of declaring everything, saying this is what it has to be like, gives you that confidence that when you do run it in multiple environments, in multiple different boxes, different development, you know, situations, yeah, you've got yeah. that, you know, that that case where. But you know, the the thing is, again, you know, we're very much tied to Debian, whereas you know that the, again, it's the whole idea of. I know that, you know, because you can be quite agnostic on these things where it's like, oh, and it'll work on all these different, you know, implementations under the hood, you know, where you have like maybe a CentOS, you know, CentOS box and you have a Debian box and things like that. And But no, really, you are still specific and tied to a certain type of, you know, distribution. It's really kind of, for me, it's, it's setting up that, look, if I have a clean Debian box, I can run this and it will get me into the same state as what it was there. Yeah, 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 I completely agree. No, I think you're right. Well, have you guys have you guys made a site? In, sorry to just digress just a little bit, but yeah. have you made a full stack site without using PHP? Uh, it, it, oh, this that's interesting. Actually, that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, what, well, as in, like, to production ready, send it out into the live and everything? Just a, yeah, just a general. Even if it was just dabbling with something. I have just, dabbled. I have dabbled. I've done. I've done some what did Python you use? Stuff. I've done Python. I've done a bit of Ruby. I've done a bit of Scala. All personal things, though, like maybe my blog was written in it. I know that I wrote uh, in Scala my blog once um, just for fun, but nothing in production, nothing that's ever actually hit. I mean, you know, you could say some of my node stuff maybe was hit as well because there was some things I did there, which was production stuff, but it wasn't very much, you know, the be all end all. Everything that I've ever done actually really has been specifically in my commercial kind of, you know, professional career has always been predominantly PHP with you know things around it different types of languages around that to help aid yeah what what, what have you used to store data uh in what way like persistence kind of like data stores and yeah like anything so, i mean i mean, just, I mean using, like any particular do you always just use sql or do you use um json or you know any uh, particular... it depends because actually so like straight up flat file json files are actually quite nice in some cases um you know depending on your use case i mean typically you know i don't I mean, the nice, you know, like the whole common case of like a blog that then needs a SQL backend, you know, with like either Postgres, MySQL, you know, yeah. it can be quite heavyweight, really, for what you need. You can just use flat files and, you know, and things like the, you know, the static file system, you know, file uh, creation, you know, software, you know, blog software is great for that type of thing. But no, it's interesting, that actually, where, you know, yeah, I haven't, it's really, yeah, I haven't actually built like a fully big website outside of PHP. Yeah, just a little, a little thing I thought I might dabble with because... 
you know, I've been using PHP for a long time and I just thought, again, it might get me start starting to use some different things. I, I like Node.js a lot, so I might explore that. Well, it's interesting because another thing with PHP, which has helped so much, is the fact that it's so ready for the web and... You know, like I know nowadays we typically will use things like FPM, um, you know, and, and that then bridges the gap between something like Nginx requires FPM to be run. But you can have Apache and just have Apache PHP and it will just run and it will work. Mm. Whereas if you start using something like Node or you start using something like Python or, uh, you know, Ruby, I remember, you know, like in the, it, specifically in the case of Python, you need to use like a Whiskey, which is their web uh, like API gateway contract. And you then need to have a specific server that runs that. So you have what you typically would have is you'd have Nginx and then you'd have, you know, it proxying to another server, which is just the whiskey server, which handles the request to Python, which is similar to what FPM does. Um, but it does add the extra complexity. And again, that's that kind of, you know, starting up and being productive in it quickly. That's why PHP is kind of one out where it's just like, well, no, we're just a web language. We're just going to, you know, Apache can handle it as well, you know, and you can deal with it that way. Which is interesting, again, yeah. like, yeah. Okay, just thought I'd put it out there. Yeah, I think I tried making a site in Python one time with, is it Django, maybe? Yep. Yeah. And um, I didn't really get very far, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's cool. I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, I don't, I've never really bought into all this PHP's a rubbish language. I mean, it is pretty much all I've ever used, but it's always done the job for me anyway. It's a, it's a tool, man. It's it's just a tool, and like every language has got its pros and cons. And you know, you're not you know you you're not dependent on that tool. You know, you use it because that you know obviously you're the most common for you know you you you're most comfortable with that tool. But you can easily go and pick up another one. Uh, you know, it's an imperative language. It follows a lot of the same paradigms as everything else. Everything's got its own syntactic sugar, which is quite nice. But, you know, there are very much, you know, some some languages such as Lisp dialects, they will split and change and go crazy on you. And you'll be like, well, this is completely different. But, you know, you can learn and they all solve different problems. And PHP solves, a, uh, you know, a, a problem, you know, of this kind of, you know, ilk, which is, you know, p- yeah, which is just a general purpose language that allows you to solve these things. But I, I mean, it's funny when people say it's a bad language. It's it's not really. I mean, it's it's what you use it for, which can be bad. You know, if you start playing around with it and using it in areas where it shouldn't be used, I mean, like similar to like Joe Watkins says with the pi- you know PHP threads, where people start you know, spewing off threads, you know, on a web request, you know, and using these p threads kind of thing, it's, that's bad. You know, that that's the bad thing, not the tool that you've used. You've used it in the wrong way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I'm guessing we probably should wrap up for the uh, for I think the day we should. now. Yeah. Yes. All right, then, guys. Well, it's been very nice talking to you, and uh, yeah, it's been great. And yeah, we'll talk to you next. Suppose we'll have another episode maybe next week. We can probably yeah. keep this rolling. All right, Sounds then, audience. Good. It's been great speaking to you, and yeah, speak yeah. to you next week. Goodbye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at 3devsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number 3, devs and a maybe.